0: Welcome to Bull Brief, Montana, where a cool autumn night fills the air with fog. We hear the voices of three young ROTC boys whispering in the night. Three boys who we will come to know as Chance Stobby, Miggy, and Tim Mallory. The boys sneak away from their moonlit camp, their muscles and bones aching from spending the day crawling in the mud and burning their skin on the ropes of ROTC camp Custer. As they slip past the bushes and into the Forbidden Lake, the water slips past their aching shoulders and they decide to have a little contest to see who can hold their breath the longest. Go on, you try! Hey Mickey, you go do it! Only if you go! I'll
1: go after you go! Alright, you two will find. Watch this! Go!
0: But then, when Miggy doesn't come up, they get scared.
1: Miggy! 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 Hey, Miggy, quit playing
0: around. Hey, stop around! Then suddenly, Chance gets pulled under. Tim Mallory tries to race back to the shore, but then is suddenly torn back to the water as we see his eyes gently glow blue and fade into the depths of Lake Shearwood. As the cameras pan down to the lake, the words Lake Fear appears in the moonlit water.
2: Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for joining us on this very special episode of One to Review, a very special Halloween episode where we, Alex, Luke, and Brandon, say hello boys. Hey, I'm Brandon.
0: Boo. I'm Luke.
2: Are going to be delving into one of horror's classic films, Lake Fear from 1967. What we heard before was the opening scene of the film, and we're gonna be delving into not only the production, the history of James Hatcher and Barbara Hatcher, the director and writer, mother and son combination, the film itself, where it was filmed, the impact it had on such films as The Shining, Jaws, Halloween. We're gonna be talking about the sequels, the spinoffs, the cast, deleted scenes, characters, actors. There's so much to cover here. Not to mention, we're gonna review it. For our very first deep dive into a single film on this podcast, so folks, sit back, relax, turn on the lights for this episode of 1-2 Review. 1-2-Review. And what better place to start than with our director, James
1: Hatcher, and his mother, Barbara Hatcher,
2: co-authors of this film, co-directors of this
1: film. What a fascinating story, really. I mean, to think a mother and son wrote this horrific story... It's truly mind-blowing now when you do just basic research on Their upbringing you kind of realize where the story came from and it all starts to make sense So I think it's
0: good that we're talking about it and letting people know Yeah, it is good We're bringing awareness about this and this was in the 50s, you know Um, They sort of had a non-traditional family. It was a a single mother trying to raise her son you know in this um, in this very right-wing town and together they found that film really brought them together and really, and really helped them get through this tough, you know, this tough time for a single mom and a, and, a, and a son.
1: James grew up often ridiculed by his classmates, fatherless. His father died in a, his father actually drowned in a military training exercise. This was a dark patch in James' life and presumably his mother's life as well. Barbara Hatcher, being a filmmaker
2: in some capacity, one of the first women cameramen in the film industry in America, was able to take a camera home. She started creating small, short films with her son. They'd show them at family events. They became uh, known as the black sheep of the family, never quite comfortable and never quite fit in with the rest of the group. But I'm glad that happened the way it did. We wouldn't get such films as The Shining, you know, if it wasn't for the work that they put in.
0: Yeah, they really paved the way in the horror genre with Lake Fear. And you can see it in a lot of the filmmaking in James's earlier films, you know. They made little home movies and little spooky films. They made little fun films. And if you go on YouTube and if you dig through some of his older work, you can see that you know, his camera direction, his use of gore was really ahead of its time for for the day and age, you know, for the for such a for such an innocent time in American well, film. And that's history. something I think that that is fascinating, you know, one of those things that's so magical about artists is uh, the
2: way they were able to get so much gore and And I think it's important to say that the reason that we're doing this podcast is this is the 50th year anniversary of this film, and they are releasing on Tingler, they're releasing the uncensored version and this film has a lot of gore in it a lot of gore like Luke said that was not ready for the time. And the way they were able to get that gore is when James lost his father instead of going to film school like he had wanted to do he ended up working in a meat plant. From there, he's able to get all these pig parts and uh, pig torsos, and that's how they get some of that
0: horrifying gore in the film. Yeah, it saved a lot of money on production, too, because craft services was free. That's a good point. The magnitude of this film just is, is, is huge. The ripples that
2: it created, even down to that opening scene that we just got to experience again, which is always so chingling. You know, I've seen... movie so many times and it still rocks me to my core you know when miggy doesn't come up and i think those iconic moments are things that even inspired the opening of a film like jaws there's no way you can't see the link and how uh, this film creates that fear of water and how jaws kind of took that credit but i believe really you know lake fear kind of planted that seed to begin with
1: i definitely think jaws amplified the fear and brought it from a lake more so to the ocean
0: for me so it's they, really, they one upped it but. for me it's always been the ocean is scary but lakes are creepy exactly I think so because the lake the ocean something could come come in from a quarter mile you know at top speed you like a like a swordfish for instance can hit sixty seven miles per hour coming in from a quarter mile away that's just a matter of seconds you know can harpoon you but in that's the scary. lake mm-hmm. in the lake you got to stir it up whatever's in there has already been in there for a while so you got to stir it up from the bottom silt and the muck that's creepy mm-hmm. that's creepy uh, rivers i think have never really bothered me it, fe- it felt like whatever's going on in a river it just sort of gets washed downstream
1: it's going to pass you by relatively quickly if you're in a rivers, good river.
0: Yeah, rivers seem like pretty joyful waters. You don't see a lot of river horror. Uh, I think Anaconda was a river horror. Anyway, we're a little off topic here.
1: Okay, before we get too carried away, I want to talk about the film itself um, when we get back. But let's take a quick sponsorship break. Since this episode is sponsored by multiple sponsors, we need to hear a word from them all. So here's that first sponsor break right now.
0: Mom's out of town? Netflix not scary enough for you? Sign up for Tingler today. Now available on Tingler. movies like Meat Fence, 78, used You used to live, live Here and Pregnator. For
1: one low monthly fee of $3.99, get all the tingles your body can handle.
0: 3 spooky dollars and 99 scary cents. Available for sign-ups at tingler.app. <laughs> Use promo code REVIEW to get extra movies.
2: All right, it's important to talk about Lake Fear because it's really one of the first slasher boy films that was ever made. These series of films that there are now literally hundreds of them. These films where beautiful young boys are just cut down left and right by killers or monsters or creatures. And this really laid the template for that. We've got our main character, Ernie Waller, played by the amazing Roger E. Cook. He ends up being our final boy in the film. He lures the possessed boys in the mess hall, blows it up, which also has uh, amazing links to Jaws. And that feels to me undeniable. We've got amazing performances by
0: Howard Tibbs as Oliver Phipp, Archie Godfrey as Sandy Collins. Yeah, you mentioned Robert Cook, the lead in this movie. And, you know, from a modern acting standpoint, he really doesn't do anything that impressive. But there's, like you mentioned as well, there's a lot of firsts in this movie, like the, like the following camera shot where you're running down a trail. You have your actor running down a trail. You're following them be- from behind, and they're constantly swinging their arm over in a 180 arc and looking over their shoulder. He invented that. Mm-hmm. He also invented. That. He also inve- invented the back leg flip when you're running. Your arm flipping, but then your back legs are your your lower legs are coming up too high, and it creates like this flailing, like kind of a pathetic flailing look to your run, almost like a prance, but a but a hurried prance, which
2: is pretty much the way that every boy ends up running towards the end of the, any of these
0: films. And it's super believable. They all kind of they all kind of ripped off his style by the end of the movie, but it did not really. It it did it did. Help the movie along, though. It didn't really hurt it. No, I'd say, what are you talking about, Luke? I think
2: that's an amazing part of this film. I think Ernie's work in this film is something that has led to, you know, amazing performances by, like, Kurt Adams in Boy Squad or Christopher
0: Carroll in Officer Dibbs. Well, Christopher Carroll not only took that, but he took it to the next level with the snot bubble and the the lip drool.
2: Sure. Yeah, I mean, but that's getting more into Coddleboy porn, like, or not porn but like coddle Coddle boy boy, death porn or films or whatever yeah death like gore films or whatever
1: i do also want to say this was the first time that an outdoor shower was shown to be used before that showers were often shown indoors never outdoors and uh i will say that scene uh is truly terrifying the outdoor shower scene
2: which and he james hatcher even admits that that scene you know we talk about how much this film has impacted Down the line from it, but that scene he said was inspired by psycho, which he saw as a young boy. Exactly
0: But he said but he said what if we can evolve that and you know The vulnerability of being inside a shower inside of a hotel or inside of a like enclosed bathroom is terrifying But what if 360 you're wide open to the environment?
1: And the environment is the killer
0: Yes, and
2: that scene is just chilling that is just a great performance by uh, Roger Perkins He plays chip cadway and that shower sequence is chilling to me definitely and 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 very unexpected you know some amazing misdirection with the owl in the tree and then he finds the he finds the soap with the blood on it and just you know that for me is still an image when i get in the shower i'm always like please let there not be blood on the other side of the soap or whatever i always check the bottom like he does
0: and Uh, if it's foggy
1: outside forget it i'm not even taking a shower
0: yeah When I was a kid, after I saw this, I had to take the soap and put it in the bathroom sink before I showered. And then I would just shower with shampoo with Salsam Blue. Yep. I think you're not the only one, Bab. I'm kind of lying, though. A lot of times I didn't use soap as a kid. I didn't really care. Soap is for adults. Soap is for dead adults, according to this movie.
1: That's true, this did set a few rules that were followed for horror films for years. Usually, if someone were to use soap, they are often killed.
0: Yeah, it was like a foreshadowing gimmick kind of toy that was used in the 60s and 70s.
2: I wanna talk a little bit about uh, Jane Elizabeth in this film. Helen Hunt's mother, Jane Elizabeth, plays Debbie Roft, who is uh, Ernie Waller's girlfriend in the film. What do you guys think, you know, that statement's about
0: i think it's progressive you know the all these from film noir and and on it was always the women victims were the most exciting thing to put on the scene on the on the screen so for this movie to make a sharp turn away from that and say no we're only going to kill these these boys we're only going to kill young men um I think that does make a statement about equality in early America that that really kind of helped develop the women's movement.
1: It was a different time.
0: It was an emerging it was an emerging time for women. I think this movie was brave in doing that. Um, that being said, a lot of people would argue that that director that directorial choice was to enhance, yeah, the homoeroticism of, of Camp Custer. I mean, it's just. Um,
1: it's something that's brought up often it's it's undeniable that there is some homoeroticism i just i tend to think it's it's innocent i don't really think it was intentional it seems yeah it's
2: strange it seems to me to both there's no way you know seeing those boys in that opening scene and you know the way that they're shot is is gorgeous you know and it is it is sexualized in some way and these are 18 year old boys so you know we're going to talk
1: more about the movie after this quick ad from tingle
0: Hey listeners, this is Adam Hamburger. I'm taking a quick breather from hacking up these fucking zombies to let you know about a little service called Tingler. I don't pay for Netflix and I don't watch screeners. But I do watch Tingler, and I do pay for it. Tingler never paid me for this ad. I just like it. It's only like five bucks a month, and you get access to so much horror, spooks, scares, goblins, and ghosts that you'll never really get over over, over, over it. I gotta get back to killing zombies. But you sign up for Tingler today. Use promo code REVIEW for extra movies. And
1: have fun. Let's talk about the ending of the movie and how it was one of the first stingers that absolutely left everybody questioning what they just saw and if you know the implied that the story continues without them I think was one of the first times that that ever happened
2: Yeah and I mean for better or worse as a guy that is somewhat tired of reboots and sequels this is definitely the first film that kind of told you we're gonna try to make another one you know
0: the camera pans down from the glowing clouds of the night where a dusty buick cruiser pulls up slowly out of the bushes runs up a young ernie waller out of breath and sweating profusely he approaches the cop car whoa 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 Whoa! hold it boy officer
1: stop you gotta take me to town no, the ROTC. Well, calm There's, down,
0: calm down. There's
1: explosion, everyone's possessed, it's, it's Camp it's Custer? Great. No, thank Boy, you.
2: Boy, you're talking crazy. Here, get in the car.
0: Everything's gonna be okay. You're safe now. As he slowly pulls away, the camera pulls up from the rear of the car onto the rearview mirror, where Officer Heatman's eyes are glowing blue
2: a chilling moment for you know the time period that idea that the evil can't be stopped you know I think that was something new
1: I totally agree with you
0: I don't know I think unstoppable evil has always been sort of a theme in in horror movies
1: that's true I absolutely love this ending it's an ending that I'll remember forever it's an ending I find more impactful than The Shining It's something that, you know, you think you're safe. You think you're secure. He's with a police officer only to discover that police officer has become possessed by this lake as well.
0: It's an ending that makes me want to give the production more money. I want to talk, guys, can we talk about the theme park
1: in Germany? This is an insane story. Yes, there is actually an entire theme park based around this film and its multiple sequels located in Germany. It's a fake ROTC camp. Coppin Lugan th- Firin. Coppin Lugan Fearin, and they've added a lake with synthetic fog and uh, a show that happens every night on the lake. And supposedly it's actually pretty good. Mm-hmm. They've got a La Brea Tar Pits uh, recreation from Lake Fear
2: water supply from that scene from the L.A. Tar Pits. From real, real stinky water.
0: But here's the thing, they can turn it off and turn it on so that when they do have their dinner banquets, you don't smell the sulfur.
2: Yeah, apparently this is a great place to go. It's a little outside of Berlin. It's like an hour train ride. It's supposed to be a lovely train ride. So it's definitely something I think we anyone to review listeners should check out. It's
0: a little pricey. It's a little, little, little pricey. pricey.
2: They but only have everything like in one Germany main is. roller coaster. So.
0: Well, Brandon, I mean, how many roller coasters do you need?
2: well and you're able to stay on the lake which is super cool to me and you eat in the mess hall and you know all that stuff so
1: it's an experience wait you went no just no from what i read oh just we yeah, know yeah, yeah. no way i you would know it's
2: on my bucket list all right if one of us goes all three of us go promise promise pinkys Pinkie out
0: promise thank Pr- you promise out. okay all rub right. your pinky on the Great. microphone okay
1: okay promises all right good all right,
2: so if we're going in the deep dive, then we got to talk about all five of James Hatcher's sequels, and probably discuss a little bit of the reboot uh, creation that they're making coming up. Let's first one, Lake Fear Two. Oh. Let's
0: give them points. Let's just uh, sorry for interrupting. Me. Just throw them. throw them, a couple no, points. Right. Yeah.
2: Here, I on want to review. We like to rate movies, so we're going to be rating each one of these. First one is Lake Fear Two. This is pretty much picks up uh, two years later after the whole Roxy Camp is remade. Of course, our main character, Ernie Hall, has been incarcerated in an insane asylum. They believe that he killed everyone at the camp. Uh, When the lake starts to kill once again, Ernie is taken out. He is rescued. He comes back and saves the day. What did you guys think of this one?
0: Yeah, solid, solid reboot of the series. Kind of kept the momentum going of this of this uh, theme. I give it two points.
1: I'll just give this movie two points as well. It wasn't the best, but it was definitely better than some of the other sequels, so. Not as good as the first one, of course.
2: Yeah, I'm going to give it two only based on the other sequels as well because I got to reserve a couple one points down the road. So yeah two points for Lake Fear 2. Not the best one but not the worst one. Uh, Lake Fear 3 Water Supply. This one's a little off kilter. We lose track of all of our main characters. There's no Ernie Hall. There's no really anyone in it. It turns out later that this was kind of another script that Hatcher had been writing about a zombie movie and it just kind of fit and so they tied it in a little bit just to get the pushing power to get this one made. Lake Fear 3 Water Supply is about the the lake water getting in the LA water supply and
0: It was super stylized. It was super 70s stylized. The funky backtrack, the funky music, the it's funky It's pretty humorous clothes. nowadays. It's a little wacky, yeah, and it doesn't hold up. It's got to get a point from me.
1: It does have the now famous scene though of the uh, tar pits and the uh, dinosaurs in there getting possessed, which is probably one of the most hilarious scenes. So. Yeah. This one's camp, camp, camp. One point for me. My personal favorite, the fourth uh, movie in the sequel. Or we should review. No, we just did. We did? We gave it points? Didn't we? Who knows? Didn't we just say <laughs> My favorite of the uh, sequel series here, the fourth one, The Uncoming. This one is where Ernie's son becomes a preacher and he starts uh, baptizing all the local kids in this lake. And then they all become... Possessed. It's insane. It's almost like children of the corn. They have bluey. They have glowing blue tongues in this one for some reason, instead of the eyes. Uh, any quick thoughts on this one? This one's great.
2: I love this one very much. Yeah. The frog kids. That's an excellent scene. For me, this is when the films kind of started. Well, I don't know. I guess there's not enough to say that it's totally changed, but this one's definitely an action kind of version of the Lake Fear yeah. franchise. And I appreciate that. About exactly.
0: It. It's got the big jump scares The other movies sort of rely on tone and creeping up on you, but this one's got the real jump scares that come and grab you on the butt.
2: Not to mention Roger Cook is back and they bring back Jane Elizabeth as well as Debbie Roth. And so just nice to see it returning to the characters, especially after Water Supply.
0: A very chesty Robert Cook. Absolutely. Two points for me yeah two points uh, yeah
2: uh, two points for me
0: plus it's a quick watch it's only 65 minutes
1: yeah it's a short barely one. the
0: legal limit of an actual movie hmm yeah uh lake fear five prequium sort of calls back ernie but now he's got to go back in time to stop a demon that had actually possessed general custer the founder of the camp And he's got to get him to destroy the Alatial tribe. It's just one of these convoluted time movies that you sort of just drop the plot line about 15 minutes in and just get on board for the fun, which is unfortunately few and far between.
2: And, and, you know, I want to I want to rag on this one a lot. But this one is this is when, you know, Barbara Hatcher, his mother is is apparently on her deathbed as they're making this film. And. He's, you know, he's he's split. And apparently, you know, his assistant director ends up shooting half the film and doing tons of rewrites on it. And it's just a mess. And it's a really a heartbreaking one because the, yeah. you know, knowing the story behind, you know, their relationship and, and how much success they'd had up until then.
0: Yeah, her her involvement was minimal and sedated because she was uh, yeah. but, but you know what any which, which any I feel is part of what's he, missing. Any sort of thing she wanted to put in, it made its way in the movie. So there's some there's some scenes in there that just don't make any sense at all. Mm-hmm. Which,
2: you know, there's something about that that, that was really exciting, too. Yeah, they're so tributes. I you had no idea where, what, what was going
1: to happen next in that movie. Absolutely. Definitely heartbreaking. However, I will say the most heartbreaking of all the sequels is the spin off Lake Doe, which is the uh, mm-hmm. part of the Doe series where it's claymation. And, you know, this was after Barbara passed away. and I they barely were trying to get,
0: even saw this. I barely even thought this was a Lake Fear movie. It's insane.
1: Yeah.
2: You, I just don't think you can take such, you know, a violent kind of R-rated franchise and, and
0: you know, put it into, into the Doe series. This was one of the
2: most adult-rated
0: Doe movies. This was actually a PG. hmm
2: But even then, you know, it felt like it's lacking on the violence. And that's what makes, you know, or what, you know, maybe the first, no, even the first Lake Fear, you know, the mess hall scene is so violent. You know, there's so much blood and gore and it just doesn't translate for me for dough
0: well we can rest easy knowing that lake doe lost actually 11 million dollars at the box offices mm-hmm. that was a huge misstep it's mostly the marketing the marketing was frightening the film not so much the marketing was horrible the gory t-shirts i heard that they actually dumped all of the lake doe merch in the actual lake and now it yeah, actually is story. haunted with lake doe yeah, t-shirts yeah, that's the story. I love that story so much.
1: Legend has it. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, if you go diving into Lake Fear looking for a Lake Doe t-shirt, you're going to get strangled by a Lake Doe swizzle straw.
1: Well, that brings us in conclusion. We should probably give a review to the original 1967 film, Lake Fear.
0: Are you talking about raiding Lake
1: Fear? I think it's time we raid it. A timeless? A timeless classic. We're touching the untouchable, rating the unrateable. Guys, what did you think of Lake Fear? Huh. The 50-year-old, arguably scariest movie of all
2: time. First film to have a reducing cast concept that is now used in films like Saw. The first film to have an ending more, you know, something that makes the shining, embarrassing, opening that jaws and a closing that jaws. Rip. Two fucking points. Two fucking points for Lake Fear. We wouldn't have Mountain Pass, Crooks Boys, Suspicious. We wouldn't have any of those films. Two points. Did we see Suspicious? We have not reviewed no, that. Oh yeah, we haven't reviewed. But that it. is my favorite of slasher boy films.
0: Okay, obviously, I have to give this two points for so many reasons. Um, out of the kindness of my heart, and out of the goodness for film and film history, and touching the untouchable. And, and fearing the unfearable. Here's two points. That made a lot of sense, guys. I'm impressed with myself.
1: Speaking of sense, these are my two cents. Solid two points. This is a iconic movie which has so many timeless scenes, an iconic score that we didn't even touch upon, not to mention the phase i went through in high school where i dressed up like some of these boys kind of embarrassing now but uh, it was a very important time in my life so this is definitely a strong two-point movie for me
0: i remember your tight clay uh mason or your tight mason jeans suspenders and white plaid shirt face
1: that's where i got it
0: ernie waller brandon did have one of those early mustaches it must be the sicilian blood It is. Sicilian bloodstash.
2: Bloodstash. man we should do it. We should I don't know, we should go as the boys next time. We should go be Miggy. we
0: should go to um, uh as the boys to Link fergen Fiergenlagen.
1: Ooh, the theme park.
0: Fergen Fier, That German theme, theme park.
2: I think Brandon would be chance, I'd probably be Miggy, and you're probably Tim Mallory for
1: sure. Yeah, traditionally, but I could see we're that, not traditional. Yeah. Guys, what a fun week. We talked about some one of my favorite movies. We also talked about some of its untimely sequels. There's only a few things left to do. We got to thank our sponsors. Thank you, Rab, you are a generous Patreon. You donate to us every month and we appreciate it. As well as, you're also a Patreon donor and we appreciate your donations. We use them. We love your dang nations, you dang donators. One Two Review also has a cool hotline that you can call in and tell us movies to review. Uh, You can call that phone number anytime. It goes directly to a voicemail. You won't disturb anybody. Get your pins ready. That number is 1-347-699-0068. Give us a call. Hear your voice on our dumb podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, we also have an Instagram at 12review
2: all written out with words, not numbers at to review on Instagram for exclusive content, videos from our sponsors. Next week, we will be reviewing Count Shakulu, Mr. Parsons' Meat Lessons, Sander's Last Road Trip, Rip and Sip, and Dipple Pip. Hey, guys. Happy Halloween.
1: Have a good one.